Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. We are back with Swim Swam co-founders, Mel Stewart and Braden Keith, to give you the 2021 Olympic preview for days six, seven, and eight of competition. Starting off with day six, I'm going straight to the men's 200 IM. There is a lot going on here. Specifically, I think at least, obviously I'm biased with the USA. We haven't seen a non-Michael Phelps gold medal since 2000 when when an Italian won it. I don't, he, he has a really long name. Uh I'm, I'm wondering, can the U.S. keep the gold medal streak going? We've got Chase Kalish, Michael Andrew. We've got a lot of other competitors in that field as well. Can we keep it up? If there's one guy in the world who can go out to 150 with Michael Andrew, it's Diaceto, the number two seed. Um, I Look, we know Michael Andrew is a great swimmer. I think Michael Andrew has the best 200 IM time at the Olympics but wins a silver medal. Uh, I, I don't think he does it in finals. I think he goes the best. We, we see this from him time and time again. And, you know, we've got to go with the information in front of us and we see him go a better time in the semis than, than he does in the finals. Diaceto late in the meet, home, you know, air quotes crowd, but, you know, there's a lot more on, on the line for the, for the home nation swimmer. Um, he's, he's a four-stroke swimmer just like Michael is. Um, I think Dio wins it. Michael Andrew, because someone on, on this podcast has to say he's going to win. Michael's going to win this thing. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to put it together. He's going to, he, he is going, he, Seto doesn't have the three legs that Andrew has. And uh, Michael Andrew's going to be so far out in the lead at the 150 in the final, in the Olympic final of the 200 men I am. Uh, he's, he's going to be uncatchable. Uh, Seto's silver, Duncan Scott bronze. So when Michael went his 155.2, he was out at 125.3 at 150 meters. Mel, what will Michael Andrew be at in the 150 in the Olympic final? Uh, 124.9. Oh. He said, you know, it's interesting. He said, people say, well, why don't you back off and, and go faster on the freestyle? He basically has said that he doesn't think he can go faster on the freestyle, even if he goes slower on the fly. He feels so easy on the fly. Um, but it's got, I, it's got to be the backstroke, right? If he's going to find another four tenths, it's going to come off the backstroke. I think Michael Andrew could go sub 50 in the 100 meter butterfly. I think he's got that. I, I think if he, if he dropped the same, uh, in the hundred fly that he did in the hundred breaststroke, for, uh, he, he's under he's under fifty point. I think this kid is. I think that we take. I think everyone takes Michael Andrew for granted because he's improved so inter, you know, so consistently over over the years. I'm calling him for the gold. Seto silver. He can't catch him on the final fifty. I think Duncan Scott makes that makes the podium. You think? Do you think Mitch Larkin then made the wrong choice of choosing the 200 IM over the 200 back? He was a 200 IMer when he was young, became a very good 200 backstroker. 
but they conflict on the schedule and he chose the IM. Do you think he made the wrong choice? Uh, I do. Do you think he'd make the podium in the two back? Coleman, Coleman, weigh in on this. You think he'd make the podium in the two back? Yes. I think two backs easier to podium, but, but maybe for him, the two backs much more mental. And because he's been world champion in that he was Olympic silver medalist in 2016, maybe, maybe he's just mentally, it's a lot harder of an event for him. And so he thinks 200 IM, he, he can have more fun. He can enjoy more. Maybe, maybe that gets him a medal. But I mean, if, if, if he was confident in both, I would say the tuner back is just, it's, it's less of a deeper field. You've got Murphy, you've got um, Rylov, and then Luke Greenbank bank is, is coming on hot. But other than that, it's kind of like, that's, it's kind of it. Um, so let's pivot onto this 200 back while we're talking about it. That, that fits the, the plan. Um, do we think Murphy wins both backstrokes? Do we think he wins one? Do we think he wins neither? Um, Luke Greenbank is, is sort of the interesting candidate because Great Britain has gone so all in on the relays. They pulled Joe Litchfield out of the individual 100 backstroke to swim a prelims, to focus on a prelims medley relay where they're definitely going to final. Um, so is Luke Greenbank going to be focused on the 200 back um, and can Murphy beat Ryloff? Yes. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the host now. <laughs> Uh, yes and no. So Green Bank, Green Bank, I think Green Bank will be focused on the two back and he will win a medal. Uh, will Murphy beat Rylov? No. I just, I don't, I do not see it happening. He's been so, Rylov has been so consistent. Like that event, it, it just hasn't evolved in the last quad at, like at all, right? We haven't seen anyone go 153. No, Murphy was 153. Uh, Rylov was 153. Okay, I'm sorry. So no one's gone 152 since uh, 2012, 2013. I mean, it's you know since Lochte, right? Um, since so, 2011, yeah, since Lochte in 2011. Yeah, and so so it's it's hard to say. It's hard to know when someone's going to pop in this event, like uh, like Milok did in the two fly. But I don't see it happening here. Um, I, think Murph, I, I think Murph. I think Murph has a personal best time. I think he's a. I think he's a one fifty three. He can be faster than a one fifty three five. I think he, the two hundred back is so dialed in for him. I think it's. I think it's a safer bet. I don't know if it's enough to get past Rylov, but I'll call Murphy for the gold. I think he's going to be challenged in the hundred. I think I. I agree with you to an extent that I think his better bet is the two hundred back. Just looking at the field around him, but the Russians. The Russians seem to be in good shape in these 200-stroke events um, with Chepkov in the 200 breast and Rylov in the 200 back. Um, he, looked, he looked real fast at Russian trials, Rylov did. Um, God, it's hard because, you know, we all like Ryan Murphy, and he is so jacked. That guy's got muscles on his muscles. Um, so you know, I, now that we're talking about it, I think I'm talking myself back into I think Murphy's going to win the 100 back and not the 200. Murph is Murph even said though about, it's a tougher field. So Murph said his best rest was was in Pampax, and he and it, it was about five weeks plus, you know, right at six weeks. And that and I because my question to him a while you know, within this last few weeks was, hey buddy, what's your longest rest? And he told me and he's like, and I'm like, what's your best you know performance? And he's like, yeah, guy, was my, my longest rest was Pampax, and yeah, that was it's my best year. 
Uh, but he was like, only number two in the world, and, but, okay, and Rylov was number one. But here's the thing. He's, um, he did three weeks rest for trials, and he's going to do his back half rest. He's going to be faster at the Olympic Games, and I do think it's enough for gold. And So I'm going to call him gold in the 200. I don't think he can pull it in the 100. I, I, I think he gets the 100. I think he, I think he is dialed in to that event. He's the world record holder. He's been 51 plus a number of times and 52 low another number of times. Right. And, and I think 52 low wins. I don't, if he goes 51, that obviously wins, but I think if he goes 52, one 52, Oh, I don't think there's anyone else who's going to do that in, in the final. All right. So moving on to our women's hundred freestyle. Uh, I think it's, well, some, uh, our co-defending champion, Simone Manuel won't be competing. Penny Alexiak will be, this is still a crazy field. Obviously the stalwarts of sprinting and of female sprinting, Kate Campbell, Sarah Shostrom, Emma McKeon. And then you've got a slew of young talent behind them. What do you think? What's going to happen? I think Emma McKeon is going to be hard to beat. Um, she sort of had her breakout during the ISL in 2019. And since then, she's just gotten better and better. And um, I know there's a lot of people that would like to see Kate Campbell win her, win her gold medal that it feels like she's sort of deserved for a long time. Um, but, you know, I know, I know Kate Campbell doesn't like when people criticize her, but I don't have a problem that she didn't win in Rio. What bothers me is the number of external factors that she's tried to pin that on the, you know, the false start, the keyboard warriors, this, that, and the other thing she's, she's come up with a lot of reasons. And I don't know if she's, once you start getting good at coming up with reasons to not win, I think it can be hard to flip that switch back to, okay, I'm expected to win again. I need to go out and win. Um, so I think she gets a medal, um, but I think Emma McKeon wins. I think Sarah Shostrom is, is going to do better than, than anybody else in the world would do four months after a broken elbow as a professional swimmer. Um, you know, this, this field looks kind of thin. And as we talked about in the, the prior episode in the, the 200 free, Siobhan Hawley could, could get in there and beat Shostrom. Alexiak feels like she's coming back. Um, she feels like she's getting back to her, her 2016 form where she surprised everybody to tie for that gold. Um, but I just, you know, the Canadians, the Canadian women just seem off in general. Um, and I don't, I don't know if she's can beat even a recovering Shoystrom. I, if Shoystrom is going, can still go 52 five, that's probably still enough for bronze unless, unless Holly can get in there or, Heemskirk, who's had a couple of great ISL seasons. I think Heemskirk and McKeon in this race um, highlights two swimmers who have really, really benefited from that ISL bubble, from the ISL training, from that atmosphere and the ability to sort of get their own spotlight. Uh, McKeon, especially in, in the Australian women's sprint group, it's, it's really hard to get a spotlight. And I think she got a spotlight and she thrived under it. Um, so I think McKeon wins. McKeon gold. I think that we have the the return of Elysiac. I think Penny's silver. 
uh, it's, I do feel like she, she's coming back on her own. It feels like she's been asleep for a while, but it, I do think she's back. I do think she's an extraordinary talent. And uh, I think Campbell's wins the bronze. I'd like to see Cheryl Strostrom make the, make the podium, but I just don't think it's, I don't see it. Do you think tougher restrictions on the Canadians, you know, the, even when the U S was in lockdown, even when a lot of countries were in lockdown, the athletes, the younger people, yeah, they kind of got their pool time in a lot of parts of the country. Um, the Canadians, it seems like they, it seems like it weighs on them a lot. It seems like the Canadian women, especially felt the weight of the pandemic more than a lot of athletes. I think Penny's 21 years old. You know, their trials were delayed twice. Their trials think, were delayed twice. Penny's, Penny's 21 years old and she's already a veteran. And I, I think that the younger summers are more resilient. And that's, that, that's why I'm, that's why I made the call that I made. I want to say this in our, in the podcast before this, I'm, I'm, I've been, I had my boomer moment where I was very upset and angry, but I also think that we're selfishly swim nerds and swim fans but um, I cannot imagine what it's like to 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 be in this position and have the obstacles we had with with a, with a, with with a pandemic. So it's uh, if there's ever a time for people to swim slowly and for us to go, okay, they, people won their medals and they stood up and they raced, and it not be the fastest meet in the world. Uh, this is the time. But I do think that since we saw some fast swimming. And we had some surprises. I think we get very, very greedy on the on the on the swim entertainment side. We got a taste. We got a taste. So on that note, I want to go to a completely mis- complete mystery event, which is the mixed medley relay. Never seen it in Olympics before. Who even? There's so many options for so many teams, uh, especially top teams like Australia, Great Britain, China, the U.S do you guys have anything to weigh in on on who could be on what relay what it could look like and who might possibly take gold um i think the u.s has the best relay um we have seen i have to say this delicately we have seen american coaches struggle with mixed medley strategy um I think they, they overthink themselves. American coaches, there are certain things that they get in their heads and, and it's baked into the DNA. It's what you're taught. It's what's passed down from the previous generation of coaches. You know, the, the distaste for the stroke 50, for 50 events is an example. American coaches hate the stroke 50 events because they're not Olympic events in America. We only care about the Olympics. The, the mixed medley seems to be an event where it's a new event. It's different. It needs a different dogma, but we continue to apply the, try to apply the same dogma to the new event. Um, and, and I think we saw at Pan Pax in 2018 that that didn't really work out great for us. Um, they made, they made the ba- a bad choice, only ranked fifth in the world that year. Um, I think other countries are doing the smart thing, which is male, male, female, female. I don't think you can throw unless you really have an outlier liar, like an Adam Peaty and, and, and you just have confidence that I just don't think you can throw your female swimmers in the water next to a male swimmer, a, a, a larger human being, a human being that moves that much more water than them and expect them to swim at their best. And then there's the hard math of it, you know, 
Um, we are going to want to put Lily King in, but it just doesn't make sense to put Lily King in. I mean, it's, the, the breaststroke is just the one event where the men are so much more dominant than the women. Um, and so I think, I, I hope that Dave Durden and Greg Meehan put their heads together. They, they take everything that they know about relay selection, relay orders and taking the hot hand and all these things, throw it in the trash and start from scratch to come up with a plan for this relay, because I think that's the only way they're going to win. I think China probably has a better relay. China's men's and women's relays are not good, but their mixed medley comes together very nicely just because of where their specialties lie. Um, I think Australia has a very good relay. Great Britain still has PD just like they do in the men's relay. They have that ACE card that nobody else in the world can come close to. And with their women getting better, um, they could win that. It's, the world record will be broken. So that's exciting, even for people who don't like the race. Um, I'm hoping that after this meet, we stabilize the world record a little bit where it's not this sort of break it, broke it every six months sort of thing. And we get a, what feels more like a true world record, but I think the Americans have the best relay and it's on the coaches to figure out how to put that together. So, so how would you, what, what would your relay be if you were team USA head coach? My relay would be Ryan Murphy on backstroke, uh, whichever male breaststroker is swimming well. And, and I think there's debate over that, even with Nick Fink in that, because we have to remember Nick Fink didn't make the team in the hundred breast, but did have the second best hundred breast at trials. And I don't know if they'd mess with that in the men's medley, but they might mess with that here. So I think it's Murphy seems, seems pretty likely. Yeah. Murphy male breaststroker. You got to hope one of those, those young butterflies is, is ticking on all gears. And see, this is, you know, even as I talk through it, like I'm trying to talk myself into, well, where do you put Dressel on your finals relay? And it's so tempting to do, and they can do it in prelims to get him his gold medal, which is again, how the U S operates. You know, we try to get our stars, their medals, but you know, if, if the women are swimming well, if the female butterflies and freestylers are swimming well, it just doesn't make sense to put Dressel on this relay. And that's, that's the trap for the American coaches. Okay. That's really cool, Braden. Thank you for your analysis. You know what I think? This is Dressel is going to swim all four legs of the mixed medley relay. <laughs> no, I think that break dancing is going to be in the next, in this Olympics, you're going to be, people are going to be able to medal, win medals in break dancing. And I think the four by one mixed medley relay is the break dancing of, of swimming events. That's what I think. As long as they don't do it on your lawn, right, Mel? I, I just, how do we not have, why, why, why do we not have a 50 back, 50 breast, 50, you know, 50 fly? Why don't we have the top speed demons in the strokes? I can't believe that's not a part of the Olympic lineup. Mixed medley relay is the breakdancing of the swimming events. I'm calling it, does it really feel like an Olympic event? I, I want this to be, I, I like this event. I think it's interesting. I like it if, if, uh, if athletes can pick up another medal, but it's a, um, yes, breakdancing of the swimming lineup. Breakdancing gets such a bad rap, but it is going to do huge ratings. I, it's, it's, I'm, it, this is the reality is that Mel, you are over the age of 50 and you are outside of the core demographic of professional sports. Um, America's got talent, TikTok thrive on dance. Breakdancing is going to be huge. 
I love the mixed medley relay. <laughs> I love breakdancing and the mixed medley relay. You can't see this, but Mel is currently breakdancing on camera and it's terrible. It is not, <laughs> it, it hurts me to watch. But I love the mixed medley relay because I think it gives more countries a chance. Um, and I, I just like, I like the dynamic of it. I like when things move and change and I think it's fun. I don't like the mixed 400 free relays much, but I like the mixed medley. Mixed medley, there's so many moving parts. It's such a fun, you can like it or dislike it, but you, I don't think you can argue that it's a great event to, to watch because the lead changes can be enormous, exorbitant. And then it's like, whoop, all right, they're back in the race, just mm -hmm. like that. So moving on, we're just going to cut to day eight, the final day of the Olympics, men's 50 free. At this point, will Dressel have won two individual golds, and will he get his third? I think this is his – I mean, if, if there's one race I feel confident in, if I had to rank his individual races, it's 50 free, 100 fly, 100 free in order of confidence. I, his start is so good. Who else starts the way – I mean, they're all great starters at this level, but in the 50 – in the 50, there's no, there's no error, right? Like there's no missed turn. There's no real long on the finish. There's no catching the lane rope like you might have in backstroke. In the 50 free, it is what it is. You dive in, you get off the block fast, and you just pull water as much as you can. And it seems like this is the race that Dressel is built for, that he's made for, getting off the block, moving as much water as you can. Um I think this is Dressel's signature race. Um, if he doesn't break the world record in the 100, I think he gets it in this 50 just on the strength of his start. And then I think it's a battle for second place. You know, what's funny is that we think back to uh, Tony Irvin in 2012 when he flinched. And, um, you know, he flinched and he, it put him out of the race. You can't flinch in, in a 50-meter free Olympic final. Caleb Dressel could remember the flinch in 2012. Caleb could mm -hmm. flinch. Caleb could make mistakes in the 50 meter free and still win. That is mind boggling. Uh, so yeah, this is, this is, uh, I, I, I want I'd like to see a world record. I think it's possible. Uh, you know, and he doesn't, he doesn't have to flinch. That's what's so interesting. You know, Andrew Merring, one of our on staff swim nerds um, bore this out in the data in spite of what we hear on TV the start, the reaction time doesn't wind up being a great indicator. And Dressel's start is not predicated on him getting off the blocks fast. It's predicated on the power with which he leaves the block. So even that feels like, you know, in this race where there's only a couple spots where you can really screw something up, even that feels like a non-issue for Dressel. He could be the last guy off the blocks and he'll still be the first guy to break out. No, it's over. I, it, so I just want to know... I'd like to. I'd like to see Team USA go one two, and it, this this is a race where that's possible. But at the same time, I'm. Uh, I think. I think that. Uh, I, just, I I think there's so much. I, I I think Florent Manadou's dangerous. I think Golomiv is dangerous. I think Ben Proud is dangerous. This. I just. That's why. That's why I hate the fifty free. It's so much drama. Anything goes wrong. It's. It. I just think there's a lot of there's a lot of talent, and they could they could end up on the podium. It is so you got to call it. Who would I call third? I'm gonna call Fratis third. I think there's so many interesting stories in here. You know, Ben Proud, 
I, somebody told me how long he was out of the water. He was out of the water for a long time. And that's why we didn't see much of him in an ISL. He was in the bubble, but he wasn't racing because he was just straight out of the water for two or three months. And then he shows up and goes 21-4 because probably all he did while he was out of the water was bench press and, and dumbbell curls. Um, and so he just, you know, these, it's, it, these guys are so powerful um, the water time maybe doesn't seem to hit them as hard. Um, you know, you got Florent Manadou, who the Australian sports books don't even have a line on, which is, is asinine to me because he's an Olympic champion. Once you're an Olympic champion in the 50 free, that's a whole different, a different headspace to be in. Um, there are just a lot of really good storylines. Vlad Morozov, who we talked about being a key leg on the relay, he hasn't been great in the 100 free. Uh, but he still went 21-4 at Russian trials, which is still a medal-worthy time. Um, you know, there's just, there's so many different angles to this race, which is kind of overshadowed by the fact that Dressel's probably going to win it. Yeah, the yeah. store, the, the, I, I the see store, yeah. I see Dressel winning. I see Bruno getting a medal. I think he's been consistent enough to where I have confidence saying, yep, Fratis, he's in it. Let's move on to the women's 50 free, though. Uh, just as many options. I mean, pretty much all the players in the 100. Simone Manuel is back in this one. What do, you, what do you guys think for this? Go ahead, Mal. I'll let you have first crack at this one. You put me on the spot. So do you think Pernil no, 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 Bloom... I'm, I'm going to call. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, okay. I, you're, you're fishing because you know how I feel about this, and I let my emotions... Uh, cloud my my judgment and my my math simone's gonna win simone's gonna win she's gonna pull it off it's gonna be one of the biggest stories of the olympic games we all here's the thing she puts her hand on the wall when it matters this is she's gone through the valley of the shadow of death and she's gonna come into the brightness of the light she's gonna put her hand on the wall she's gonna do it and uh that probably doesn't make sense in terms of the math However, those two are taking us to church, taking us to church. Well, it's, it's only metaphorically the, uh, I, I do. I, I, I think I, I would, I, I would love to see an Olympic final where, where she wins and, and Shostrom is also on, on the podium just because it's, it's an emotional, dramatic moment. I think better judgment. God, this is a, it's a pretty tight heat. Listen, it, I'm going to, I'm oh. going to jump in. McEwen. Okay. I, I say, I say Kasha Wasik wins. Whoa. See, I was just going to say, Coleman, I was just going to say, this feels like a race where they're all fine-tuned for the 100 free, and there's a couple of women, Renomi Kromoyoyo from the Netherlands, Kasha Wasik. Um, there's a couple of women, Pernil Bloom, who are geared towards the 50 free. And so I'm going to be curious to see how that dynamic pays out if these women who are for all intents and purposes, all in on the 50. We know in the men's freestyles, that's become a thing lately, right? The last decade, 15 years, it's been hard other than Dressel for guys to be good at the 50 and the 100. And are we starting to see that on the women's side where these uber specialists take over the 100 freestylers that are coming down? Or will the Kate Campbells and Emma McKeons have no issue coming down to the 50? Yeah, I mean, just to speak on Kasha, she had a, a sensational ISL season where she dropped time almost every time she swam. 
Then she hit the long pool, started dropping time there. She's at 24-1. She's, she is in the prime of her comeback. You know, she's 29, I think, 28, 29. Um, but, I mean, she just keeps dropping time, keeps hitting best. And she's only got the 50. Almost everyone else, I guess Pernilla Bloom might be someone else who, who doesn't have a lot of swims. I don't know if she's doing the 100 or not, but Kasha won't have relays, won't have anything. She has the 50. She has one event to focus on, whereas everyone else has relays for their country, has the 100 free. It's like, I think, I think she's going to be ready to rip a good one in this. No one, I mean, no one believes in Kate Campbell. It's like this Kate Campbell's just like everyone's. I, just, I don't know that Kate Campbell believes in Kate Campbell. Uh, so I, I know I like to give Mel a hard time because he's always wearing his stars and stripes face paint when he's making his picks. But on this one, when you look at the times, nobody's going 23-7 right now. Nobody's going 23-8 right now. There's you look at the world rankings and it's 23, 9, 23, hasn't been there yet. We know that um, she was not there at trials, but close races, getting their hand on the wall where it's not a world record to win. It's just a hand on the wall to win. That is what Simone does. Um, if Simone wins this 53, that is probably the story of the Olympics, not just in swimming, but in any sport. I would love to see that. I, I don't think I'd pick it right now, but it is absolutely within the realm of reason, which just feels crazy to say after trials. After the 100 free at trials, you would have felt crazy saying Simone could go to the Olympics and win a gold medal. But it feels like if you have a race where everybody's 24-0, she could win it. There's no reason she couldn't win it. That's what she does. At what point ever in her career has she spent, you know, an entire month focused just entirely on one lap and speed work and speed, foot speed, reaction time, and the precision of, of, of performing in this race. It's never happened. We don't know that she's doing that. She might be on that relay. That's true, but here's, it's true, but it's more, it's more likely that this is the this is the only time in her career where this that where she has been hyper hyper focused on this one race, and I think it'll help. So this brings us to the final race we're going to preview, which is the men's foreign medley relay. Whew, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Great Britain and the U.S. are going to face off one final time in this relay. Great Britain surprised the U.S. in 2019 at the World Championships and became the first team to ever beat us head-to-head -head in that relay. We have, we have gotten DQ'd in that relay before, but the U.S. had never lost that relay at a major international meet head -to -head, in a head-to-head -head race. Uh, we've never lost it at the Olympics since it became an event at the Olympics. Do we think that we're going to lose it this time? It's such, a, it's such an interesting race because the race is not Adam Peaty. The race is not Caleb Dressel. It's not Duncan Scott. The race in this medley relay is Luke Greenbank, who much of the world has not heard of, versus Michael Andrew. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to because both countries have three 
top of the pile legs. And then both countries have a leg that is a question mark. And, and Michael Andrew is one of the best in the world, but you know, Adam Peaty is so good that number two suddenly doesn't number two, you can be number two in the world and feel like you're out of the race. Um, but it's Luke Greenbank who's been dropping time like crazy versus Michael Andrew who's been do- dropping time like crazy. And so they're not swimming head to head, but that's the race. Whoever has the better swim um, is going to win it. And again, with, with how the Brits have put their eggs all in the basket of these relays, they really want to win this relay. Um, you know, with some of the drops, Duncan Scott dropping the 100 free, Joe Litchfield dropping the 100 back. It's, it seems like this is the one that they want to win. Um, and I think they're going to get it. I think it's going to be close, but I think they're going to get it. I have more, I feel better right now in a relay sense of about Luke Greenbank's backstroke than I do Michael Andrews breaststroke, just because we know he's had trouble in finals. We know he's had trouble later in meets. His times aren't always consistent. I just feel better about Luke Greenbank's trajectory going into this relay. He doesn't, Luke Greenbank doesn't have a relay start to worry about. Do you think that, what if it's a situation where it's Wilson or Fink swimming breaststroke? Yeah. I just, I don't think they're flat out as fast as Michael, you know, that's, that's again, another tough decision for the American coaches, but I think it's got to be an on-fire Michael Andrew if the U.S. is going to win. That's, I think that's their path. I don't think they can take the safe choice. I think they have to take the aggressive choice. It's got to be Michael Andrew swimming 48-0, 47-9 with a good start and all the whole nine yards. I think that's the, only, the, the path to a win. What's his fastest split in a, in, in, in a medley? He hasn't swam many. <laughs> Um, that's the metric we need to be, we need to be talking about. What's it, what's a fast? Cause in, my understanding is that his flying start is nothing. He might as well be flat starting. Yeah. I mean, that'd be interesting if he got up there and just grabbed the block and went off. I mean, he's working, he's working on a flying start. We know that we talked to him. We talked about the medley relay. We did that just last week and he's, he's, I mean, it's, 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 it's mind boggling because, uh, because everyone, you know, through high school and into the NC2A, it's like your relays are so important. But this is a guy who's been his own team and hasn't been, he didn't have, he doesn't have this deep well of experience in relays with flying starts. How, so, how hard for an athlete is, a, is perfecting a flying start? You know, you see the data where when they added the fins to the blocks, it took guys about three starts to see the full benefit. Our relay starts for, we're talking top level athletes. We're not talking Joe down at the, the rec swim at the YMCA for athletes. Is the relay start that hard to catch up on? I think that we take it for granted because in the United States, we, the, we, that, I mean, relays are a big deal and we have a lot of high school, we have high school swimming. We don't just have club swimming. We have high school swimming. We have college swimming at every level. I think that I, I think the I, I think the, I think the flying start is kind of hard to perfect, and the fact that you have to step over the freaking fin, it just seems complicated okay. now. It just seems like it's but, getting more and more complicated. But let's be fair to Michael. He's he's been in ISL for two seasons. He's done relays in the past. It's like he he can do it certainly to a point where like it's it's good enough. Um, hey, the only. Me, 
to me, you're talking hundreds there, right? Like maybe if he had done another 200 relay starts in his life, he would be three one hundredths faster. But with him, we're talking half a second. Like the gap between what he needs to be and where he could be is half a second. So, so the only the only flying start I can find, or like the only breaststroke leg I can find him for a relay in the past quad, 2019. Long yeah, long course, 2019 Worlds. He was the prelim swimmer. He went 59.75. And he and he's a different swimmer now than he was then. So it it almost doesn't. It's mean, almost and, yeah. and individually he was like a double O point two. So yeah. he's uh and and when he swam. So what was his split? 59.75. 75. Okay, so all right, so he's he's the that's what you should get. You should be getting 0.5 to 0.6 with a flying start, and that's that's that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, I just I just didn't want it to be a situation where he we didn't have that half a second cushion. I I I think this is the UK. I think I think UK wins gold. So Mel, talk to us about this, Duncan Scott, with that otherworldly Coleman do you have the split at, on your hands in 2019 that anchor split yeah running down the Americans um and and I think there's something to the fact that when you're in the hole making up that ground well like we saw with Lee Zach making up that ground can be easier if you catch the wave um <laughs> how much does that as an elite weigh on your mind if you're the anchor, we assume it'll be Zach Apple, although there's a scenario where maybe they use Michael on fly, Dressel on the anchor, and, and one of the other breaststrokers. That's been kicked around, which I think is really interesting. We could do a whole podcast on that. Um, but how, if you're Zach Apple, how much does that 46-1 weigh on your mind going into this relay? I don't think the Zach Apple, I, I, I feel 100% secure with Zach Apple. I don't think he's going to do that stupid thing like uh, Alan Bernard, where, you know, if their neck, if they're side by side in the final, I don't think he's going to make the mistake of swimming on the freaking lane line. I think, I think that Zach is, is, is a, after his NC2A experience, after his elite experience so far, I think he's going to be smart enough to swim down the middle of his lane or actually move over. And I also think that he's got, I also think he's a relay swimmer. I think that he's, I think that he is the uh, Fred Bousquet, you know, it's, you're, you can count on him. Uh, he's, he's not going to let you down if he's got, a, if he's got a lead. So I, I, I think he's, I think he's okay. Hold on, I think you that... just said that you just said UK is going to win. I do, but I, 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 I think this is what I think. This is my personal feeling on this, on this relay. Braden's giving you all of his analysis. I think Adam Peaty wants this so badly. I think they all want it so badly. I think every single split is going to be like e. Like if you're if you're Team USA, you're sitting on the couch, you're eating your popcorn, you drop the popcorn, and you start you start biting your nails because I think every single split the UK puts up is going to be eye popping. It's there, there's there are going to be no weaknesses. You poor poor simpletons. <laughs> U.S. all the way. Britain already got it. They took the title, and they're the defending world champions, and now we want it back. I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying of, of Petey and Green and Guy and Duncan. Like, they want their Olympic gold, but it's, it's, it is, as we would say in the last dance, it is now personal for the U.S. It has become personal. We want, we want our medley relay back. And I think we are gonna we are gonna find a way to get it done. 
Murphy broke the world record leading off in 2016. I think whoever swims breaststroke is going to do enough. And I think Dressel and Zappel are going to be our, our, our back half, which no one can compete with. I, and I don't think Duncan Scott's going to go 46 one again because they had never done it before. They, they did something in 2019 that was completely bonkers. And I just don't see that being repeated. I, I, that, I, you know, thinking that logic, I'm, I'm, I'm down with that, but I'm going to, I'm, but I'm going to stick by my guns and we're going to remember this moment. And uh, but I do, I'm going to reference this. We're going to reference this. I don't know. I forgot what Braden said already, but I'll check it again. I'm sure he was wrong too. <laughs> well, now we said the same thing. So if I'm wrong, you're in trouble. This, this has been Swim Swam's official Olympic podcast preview. Stay tuned for full coverage of the 2021 Olympic Games. <laughs> of the 2021 Olympic Games on SwimSwam.com, on YouTube, on Facebook, Instagram, everywhere you get swimming news. Check us out. We will be there all eight days with you in Tokyo. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.